Their paths crossed like two hot wires. We are just about the friendliest folks you would ever want to meet. That's Bonnie. I'm sorry, I was looking for Maud. Everyone has the right to make an ass out of themselves. You can't let the world judge you too much. That woman, she took my car. This is Bonnie and Maud, the film podcast with Ksenia Yarosh and Eleanor Kagan. Hey there, this is Eleanor, one of your hosts of Bonnie and Maud, the film podcast. Today we bring you the Q&A session from our screening of Slums of Beverly Hills. Here you'll hear from the director Tamara Jenkins, the film star Natasha Leone, Kevin Corrigan, who played Natasha's sort of boyfriend, sort of creepy neighbor in the film, as well as the director of photography, Tom Richmond. This was a really fun conversation. We've condensed it a little bit because it went on for over an hour. But in it, you'll hear Tamara talk about what it was like to be a female director in the late 90s, trying to get a small independent film made, working with Natasha Leone, who at the time was a very young, very up-and-coming star who was sort of dealing with her own demons. And it ends up being sort of a film reunion for Tom, Kevin, Tamara, and Natasha, as it's been about 15 years since the movie was made. And this is the first time that all of them have come together in quite some time. So it was really fun to hear them reminisce about all the crazy things they had to do for this film, from shooting the masturbation scene, to the vibrator dance scene, to picking out the breast stand-ins for Natasha. Um... So it's all here. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Here's Ksenia kicking things off with Tamara Jenkins. This is so exciting. Thank you so much for Thanks. coming. This is so, I feel us. like so, it's so weird because we walked through the projection. First of all, it's film, which is just bizarre. I mean, there's a projector in there that was clicking. And so that's beautiful. And then I kind of peeked, I have not looked at the movie in a thousand years. And then we're together. And we live in the same neighborhood, so I see her around. And then I looked and I was like, oh my god, Natasha, you are so young. <laughs> Which she still is. But I mean, yeah. she was so young. Not that young. <laughs> um, it's just like amazing to see these old favorites on the big screen when I remember them on VHS. Oh, right. <laughs> you know. Cracked. A little VHS. bit, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I feel like we should start uh, with the question of this movie is semi-autobiographical. Yeah, I know. Semi is such a weird word. But yes, it is semi-autobiographical. So... What's the semi part? Yeah. Um, I lived in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. I'm just within the... It was my father's obsession um, for us to, so we could go to the good schools, like Alan Arkin says. Um, so we just lived by like the skin of our, just by like a hair inside the zip code, mm -hmm. inside the uh, area, area zip code and area code. And um, <laughs> we, and we often got evicted, or we, so we just kind of moved around this territory, um, and you know, kind of lived in a that sort of way. Mm -hmm. It was a little bleaker in real life. Um, it, I just thought of something funny about my father because, you know, we'd be driving around and he would, anytime there would be an apartment vacancy, because we were always in search of a new apartment for some reason or another, he would look at the sign and it would have the phone number on it and he would remember it. And we were always so impressed. <laughs> it was amazing. He was just, you know, he would 
remember phone numbers. I remember when I used to remember phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, but he would just like off the sign. That was yeah. I didn't remember that. I just remember my friends. Right. And now yeah, I, I know. Can't we even now do I that. don't know anything. I know. Yeah. Um, so you did move around a lot. And yeah. In that sense, the movie reminded me a lot of our last one, actually, Mermaids. That kind of nomad lifestyle, and where the parent kind of brings the kid along. Um, the other very autobiographical aspect is that I was the only female in a household with just men, um, and I had breasts, and I was, like that became, in the movie, uh, just realizing that you're kind of, as I remember talking to Natasha about, um, you know, you sort of acquire equipment that you're not really prepared for, and people treat you really differently when, this equipment arrives and you're the same, but everybody's treating you differently, including your father or whoever. But, uh, sorry. What? Well, I was going to say, Natasha, as far as I understand, you wore prosthetics for the movie. Yeah. So what was that like? Well, and I remember like? even when I got the script, I remember, wait, which one were you going to tell them? No, no, I was just going to say, I don't know if you, do you remember this? Because she got these like gelatinous Oh yeah, of course I remember those things. things. I mean, you remember she how hot flipping, it, well, because it was like a thousand off. degrees and I was like a New Yorker and it was like, like it was so hot and, and it was the like, pressure of movie making and they had these like, you know, silicone. now they're really common actually. Now like everybody wears no, yeah, them all the time. People on those, the street like, are wearing But them. at the time there were these really like rare, it was almost like we had uh, special effects or something. <laughs> it was like they were, you know, just whatever, like silicone that you would put in a boob job, I guess. But oh, yeah. you know, on the outside in the bra, tucked in, they made a special bra. And so between takes, I'd be like, oh, it's so hot. And I'd pull them out and throw them on the floor and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was always, them. yeah, and like, like probably cutlets. Tom would probably get them thrown in his face. They were like weird DP. chicken cutlets. Yeah, they were weird chicken cutlets. But I remember, what I was going to say is I remember, oh, yeah, and I just remember being so, like, amused by them. Like, boy, R no, and I, remember an 18-year-old, like, wonder, I was like, look at these again and again and again. Like, play with these. But do you remember, all over. Do you remember what one of your <laughs> rehearsal assignments was no um because uh -oh. you know <laughs> I think I'm gonna lose to wear job. them in the world just like go out and oh, wear really? these big boobs did yes. I do it yes oh wow and to like go out you know shopping or go to a mall or whatever and walk around in them and you were like that was weird yeah <laughs> Did and you get, like, a response to them in public? Probably. Well, I mean, what, what I was going to say, is, uh, I remember that when they sent me this script, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 it's great, it's great. Listen, I'm never going to get this part. I'm not going to go in for this. I was like, I mean, at the time especially, I was a real flat-chested person. And I was just like, this isn't... I mean, there's, I, there was so much about that. I was like, there's no chance. I don't know why it didn't occur to me that there were things they could do for that. But, um, and I think that I really sort of associate like I still think that I have no breasts from when I was like at that time I'm always like oh I'm a 32a I'm a third but I'm not anymore um and and uh yeah so I can imagine that it was very weird that day because I was always into wearing like taint no bra no bra yeah oh my god I had breasts the story is going nowhere but <laughs> No, but you had a self-consciousness about it because people yeah. were like checking you out in a different way. Yeah, you have to, yeah. It was a good assignment. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I feel like we have to talk about the breast shots in the movie. Okay. They're, 
Moving right along like, to more press. The more, yeah. like every time I see it, it's like a horror movie almost. It's just like, just breasts. Like there, there's never like a face in the same I shot. Know. Well, there's and a it's, few reasons for that, which are pretty obvious. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure some of it oh, was. Oh, can I just tell you the most, first of all, <laughs> that was never the plan. But that's what happened. And auditioning breasts is very weird. <laughs> that I remember. Remember? I remember you I tried to get me. my best friend at the time. I was like, trust me, she's got great tits. And I was like, we've got to get we my friend Annie. And then, I felt like a deviant. I was just like, this is... And, and I, you were maybe a deviant. I was like a full diva. I was like, I don't like those. I want other ones. Remember, I was getting really picky about she them. She was 18. But she yeah. was... She, so people would come in and just be like, here are my boobs. And I was a girl. Like, it was so strange, yeah. you know, just feeling like, oh, okay, that's they're nice. Thank you. And just, I, it was very strange to objectify breasts like that. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah, we're, we're usually not in the position where we're looking at people's breasts and judging them. Yeah, like, oh, will these semi-match? Which, of course, they don't. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it was this, it was, anyway, that day was really, really weird. For you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was really, I, weren't we in the trailer? Yeah, it was, we I feel like we set. were in, I feel like we were in my trailer. I feel like I was doing Tom, weird things, like exercises or Let's something. Let's bring in the cinematographer. Him. He's like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Richmond, the Tom cinematographer. Tom shot here. the movie. But, Do you remember? Uh, uh, that, I don't know. I just remember, like, the breasts, like, flying around the set. Yeah. The, the cutlets. Yes, you did that yesterday, Natasha. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, the, like, the gag that kept on giving. <laughs> well, I do think it created a certain, like, familial... It was very familiar. You know, type of a thing, because it was like, another day, here's my tits again. Like, it was really in the belly of the beast. Do you remember the, there was that air duct... Um, I don't need no, the air conditioner unit. unit. Do you remember that? And it was like that big tunnel, and I would always be crawling in it to try to get cooler. No. Oh, it was so hot. Why was I just it so have hot? a memory of like me crawling in the air conditioner thing, and then like no, you're talking. It's like a big tube. Yeah, where they try to pump AC into incredibly hot places. Those are the days. But I was, what I was saying is, some of the shots of the breasts are kind of sinister. Yeah. Like, especially uh, when she's coming, uh, when Marissa Tomei is coming out of the shower, it's like, I mean, it is almost like psycho. It should be a it's shock. like, we're building to it, and then it's breasts. Right. And it, it, it was just very different from anything else I've seen in other movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was magic. That's so funny. I didn't rewatch the movie, but I do remember that. Well, first of all, obviously she wouldn't be nude, so that was a problem. Um, and. I've never, I've never done anything like that, and but I always knew that the impact was supposed to be what it would feel like. So even though I had to do fake boobs and stuff, I still wanted it to have that kind of startle of this totally inhib, inhib, uninhibited person, even though the actress was not doing that actually because we had to use a body double. But anyway, that kind of... Uh, the way that feels when you're, especially a younger person, where you're like, wow. Yeah, we're still in the stage where we're sort of afraid of our bodies. And Cassani and I actually both saw right this now? movie. Right now? We no, are? No, no, no. When, we, when <laughs> this movie came out. Did we, that end? <laughs> when did that stop? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> 
Jenny and I both saw this movie in theaters with our respective mothers uh, <laughs> when it came out. So we were definitely in the stage where this film was so impressionable. So I think all the feelings about like your body developing were very, um, you know, approached Fresh. in a way that felt very real. Um, it was also the first movie that acknowledged the existence of sex toys um, for me and probably a lot of other young women. Um, but I always appreciated how they it wasn't shown in like a t- scary or taboo where like you shouldn't ever touch this way. It was shown in a very like inviting, like teenage girls should experiment and use it. Um, Which they did. <laughs> you were so good in that. Remember, I feel like that was just, do you remember that? Like oh, Natasha's I- orgasm day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the, the dance. You. Well, I the remember. dance, but don't, all, I just, re, I mean, I haven't seen it in a million years, but I do, re, it was very simple. It was basically, well, you know. Did you, you guys buy me a vibrator and say, use this or something? Or did somebody else get them? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, it we was, had a very old fashioned, <laughs> it was very old fashioned kind of vibrator that you like wouldn't, it was, you no, know, but I remember 1970s looking vibrator. Me, like, it was like a banana banana in a banana box and it was like are you sure it wasn't a banana no (laughs) no but i just remember that it was kind of like because i remember maybe it was because i'd gone to a orthodox jewish school growing up or something but i'd never really experienced anything with a dildo and i felt like i feel like that was homework or something was like you you know i wasn't a virgin or anything but i was like oh yeah no i remember i don't don't you remember remember working on the orgasm Mm -hmm. I do remember, though, I can, like, still feel for some... I mean, that movie is, like, so current for me. I just... I can still feel, like, the cold on my back from that... um, When he's, like, cutting up my boobs, even though it's a body double that he's drawing on. For some reason, it was, like... Like, I can, in this instant, remember how cold it was in that room and that it was, like, really dark. Like, it was a, a scary, like, whole situation was very like vulnerable it's just so weird remember, like i can also feel like i remember like me doing push-ups getting ready to like burst out the doors after right, to, run. to run out and i remember doing like all these push-ups and it was like there was i just i really like this movie is so vivid for me just all the the little feelings of like each scene i can almost i mean that that dildo dance remember was after that car accident that shut down production or whatever and uh, Tom remembers. And we had to like hike my nightgown all the way up. So I remember like, it was like, damn it, kid, you got to be funny and dance, even though, so we can't shut down production anymore. And I remember really like do you remember dancing we, through the pain. Do you remember what we had to do costume continuity wise after that? Was they just hike everything up? No, because you were wearing that halter top. Yeah, and I had like a steering wheel scar that I still have here. And I was like all cut up all the way up here. It was such a nightmare, remember? Yes. And (laughs) there we go. (laughs) So resentment all these years later. PTSD kind of (laughs) Q&A. What did we have to do continuity-wise? No, because you had, you know, you had to, you had established that halter top. Right. Like in Sizzlers or something. Uh And then you had to wear it again Uh in continuity. So Uh we couldn't give you another shirt. Uh Yet you had a steering wheel imprinted on your thing. (laughs) You're welcome. I think that Uh it might have been when you were moving into the next apartment. So you're, maybe you're holding like the Carol King album like this. 
to oh, block Oh, wow. I think we did something. I Ingenious. remember just being like, okay. Huh. Oh, yeah. Tapestry. God, that That'll so do it. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy in the sense also that it made it feel like it was this epic sort of like apocalypse now stretch of we it were never going to get because through it. It was like that. Was it? Even though it was a tiny movie, it was, it was very hard to make Why for lots so of reasons. Hard? Because, oh my God, so many reasons. Because it was the first time I made something that wasn't like just me in my own basement making something, you know, making my art films or making theater and then suddenly having um, people uh, patrolling and taking things away from me and not giving me things I wanted. And uh, it was really weird. It was very, it was a kind of a, hazing into the grown-up world of filmmaking. I mean, I remember also always feeling, because like Tamara very quickly for me became like what she still is, which is very much like I put her up on this sort of, you know, this pedestal of like, okay, this is what I'm going to be like when I grow up. And then like when you had a kid and everything, it was very like satisfying for me because I was like, okay, so I'm going to be okay, you know? And um, because I was like so much just saw her in that role because I was sort of like playing in essence a version of her. And I remember that it was really the first time because probably because I was sort of like tough guy, New Yorker kid or whatever for my own weird story. I I never really uh, had a strong sense of what, uh, you know, um all this kind of like bias towards women in, in filmmaking was about. Like I'd never really been in a lot of like casting couch scenarios because I was too like, what are you trying to do? Sleep with me for the part? No thanks, pal. You know, like I was sort of like that that type as opposed to like leading. Maybe it's because I didn't have breasts. Um, but, but I remember sort of at this young age having you on a pedestal and seeing this kind of weird dynamics that I couldn't totally piece together, but that it just felt like there were situations where you were being almost, I, I, I don't know, like um, like persecuted in a way for, for being a woman, essentially, for being yourself. Because I, like, I, I remember you had like the hair and remember those little jean shorts and like, it was just kind of like, they. it was such a, it felt like there were battles happening. I can give you a really good example of something yeah. that happened that... To, Tom knows what I mean, right? This is this yeah. this is a this is a weird. Yeah, um, it was like not getting the right kind of respect of like, yeah, the filmmaker because you know way. you looked a certain way and express yourself a certain way. That was really dark and frustrating to process. Yeah, you know. Was- and now I've seen so many shadows of that in like whatever some like long sorted career. I've seen that in so many different ways in myself, or you know what I mean. Just being a woman with an opinion and that kind of a thing, and like especially like big hair and you know personality, and it's kind of like whoa. You know, like men aren't, men are just, I mean, it's just a specific business, I think, in a lot of ways. Anyway, sorry. Um, I remember when we were trying to finish the movie, an executive, who will go unnamed, <laughs> was came to the cutting room and said that he was upset, he was concerned about the scene where Natasha pees and you can hear the pee and then she wipes herself and I was like oh and he said and I'm not the only one we took a poll in our office at the studio and a lot of people and women too they don't like it and I was like but she's peeing and wiping herself like what else would she do he was just really freaked out by it 
And he was really fixated on it. And just the fact that he was so, fi- I mean, I was like, why, why is that a problem? And then it happened not... again with the blood on the seat. Wasn't that another oh, one? Oh, yeah, then the then that menstrual was big, thing. Right? Like, it was like gynophobia f- world or something. And it was just and like, so I wanted, because you're choosing to make this so, movie. It was, it was so, so weird. weird. I was like, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's all about her body sort of starting to do this thing and taking over, and she doesn't know how to... Uh, you know, manage it. And yeah, it was like, do we have to hold on the shot of the blood for that long? Can we trim a few frames off of it? There was just lots of stuff like that. It was weird. Were they afraid that it would resonate with young girls as real life? <laughs> I think they thought it was gross. Just like, ew, yeah. like, like they were like children. Like vagina. Like you know. vaggie, weird, I don't want to know. And like when you think about like girls now or That's whatever. That's what I was just thinking of. Is I was like, like I have like a little blood on a stupid thing or she like pulls out a tamp, like a Kotex pad or like, you know, it's, I don't know. I guess it was before it's time. But How I, much of the movie do you feel like you got to like make? Was I don't it like know, 70%? Percent? Or like... Um, I mean, just I'm thinking about, like, I just watched that uh, Modern Romance, right? That Albert Brooks movie the other day. And then there was, like, I was watching it with some friends, and we're talking after the movie about, like, oh, yeah, I guess it wasn't a hit, which didn't really occur to me, you know, because it's, uh, I don't know, in in my time, it just very much feels like that's a hit. But and then I think it's almost like a testament to the fact that he sort of stuck with his guns and essentially made some weird stalker picture on accident, you know, or intentionally, that it sort of really holds up, you know? And I think... That's an interesting thing. It's like these little, a little piece at a time. We slowly get to a point where suddenly it's like, girls, I'm like, damn, you know? There's the inside. And like, you know, I I really think it's like slowly we chip away at all this uh, sort of uptight stuff. But I'm curious how much of the movie you feel you got to make. Well, I don't know. Oh, I just, the resistance is the uh, kind of a a very strong memory of the experience. But I think that any time you make any kind of movie, resistance is sort of, a huge part of it and also learning how to deal with it and knowing how to defend yourself, which I don't think I, although I, I was like, well, she's peeing. And, you know, as much as I could defend myself to such absurd things, I mean, those are like the crazy things that were happening, but it was also happening on different levels of, um, kind of, and also not knowing my rights, not that you yeah. have rights cause you don't, um, but not knowing how to like, I never had to defend myself to such an extent for, and it was, and like they were paying for it. It was so complicated for me to put together. I was like, oh, so it's their money. So I have to do what they say, but I'm the director. So don't I get like, I mean, I think it stays weird. I feel like, you know, just speaking as uh, whatever, as an actress for hire, I feel like it stays weird. Cause essentially it's like you're, you know, picked out of the lineup in the first place to be sort of, you know, uh, sort of like this one is this one is unlike the others. Let's bring her over here and put her, a camera in front of it. And then you get there and they're kind of like, make it like the others, you know, is essentially the note. Like, you know, why do you have to be so wild and have your own vocabulary and, you know, your own opinions? Like, can't, and it's just, I think that's... Why did they cast you? Yeah. That's and, what you're thinking. Well, not even why did they cast, but why do they continue, you know, because you're sort of like standing in the mix and you're supposed to like walk down some red carpet looking like, you know, oh. 17 other people. But I'm just saying, all like overall, the idea is, is like they you know, pick out all these individuals, which is really what the arts in theory are supposed to be about. And in any, you know, is like expressing oneself. And that's kind of why they are like, okay, you make a movie, Tamara, you know, as opposed to someone else. And then you get there and they're like, 
we changed our mind. We'd like a much more watered down version. And I just think that that's such a strange phenomenon in and of itself. Have yeah. you noticed any of that shifting into a more uh, accommodating direction since you guys made slums? Um, I made a f one feature since then, and I would say that was a very difficult experience for totally different reasons. Not because a girl was peeing, but because it was dealing, but there was shit, and there was, <laughs> there was some issues about that. Um, and because it was dealing with the subject that uh, people, you know, kept one, you know, it was dealing with a person in a nursing home. And they were, I had a lot there, you know, I had to negotiate that. But I was a different person than fighting for that than I was. I w had more, um, I had read a book <laughs> called Getting to Yes. What is that like a self-help? No, like it a sounds Robbins? like a really cornball, like some like a getting yes. <laughs> and but what it really is is this, this Harvard professor who recently died, um, who did like giant negotiations, like um, you know, is Israel Palestinian, like all this kind of moderation and negotiations, and and he had very simple ways of having you defend yourself without you know, crying <laughs> or fighting or, and I read it in this, like, you can ask my husband, I like read it and like absorbed it and then just did it like robotically. I don't even know, like it was like a superpower that I, so when I was editing that film, I could, I just used this technique and sometimes I would check before I would have to talk to executives and just remember what Stanley Fisher I think his name is Stanley Fisher. <laughs> no, he just died. He had an obituary in the New York Times. He was very famous, you know, Harvard professor um, and, uh, and and lawyer and like. Um, anyway, it, it was a really good book for me. If you think about like what you're describing of this sort of like a home and moving from one location to another and stuff, it's it is a very different thing than and suddenly you just want to tell your story and uh, and it's confusing, you know. I think. No, it, I mean, it's, too. I mean, no woman ever wants to be on, you know, a women in film panel. It's kind of hellish and <laughs> feels Special Olympics-ish. And it's very unpleasant. You feel like you're weirdly like, oh, you're a filmmaker, but you're not, you're in that. It's very not any, but, and you don't want to be a person who, uh, you know, there's something about that ang female anxiety about complaining about being in a position where you feel like you are being, um, you know, uh, where you have unequal treatment. Like, nobody ever wants to be that woman. Yet, I mean, I think that that's kind of what, I mean, you know, what my experience was in, like, on so many different levels, like the weird peeing and the blood and the, like, if you just... What was that? And also, you know, fighting for other things or time or just general rudeness or disrespect on a set with, um, you know, sets are like very macho or can be, you know, there's a lot of men with instruments that can harm you. <laughs> it's a very uh, muscular place and, uh, you know, people can be really crappy, eyeball rolly, and sort of like, eh. 
you know, what does she know kind of thing. I, I experienced that on my last movie. I mean, you know, I just saw it out of the side of my eye. Mm-hmm. I was like, that guy's doing that. Interesting. I mean, I, I understand not wanting to be the kvetch. Um, you know, put, put in this category of like female filmmaker, but you are. This movie is important to us as women. No, I know. I know. I, I, I know you're not putting me in that. I don't think of this is not a women in the okay. film panel. You guys are not doing okay. that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we just happened to be this women. Is so, this is such okay. a woman moment. <laughs> you guys aren't doing that, really. That's, oh, my God. Uh, no. Not us. Them. They're doing it. No. Good. No, I um, didn't mean that you were doing that. I was saying in, in yeah. film festivals, I, at film festivals, you always end up, oh, will you do a women in film panel? And it's always Yeah, and we'll so, just put them in that yeah, corner. Yeah, there's just like, there's a woman. So like, there's it a is woman, happening, there's a woman. But... And they're all sort of there. And then they always ask, like, what's it like to be a woman filmmaker? And it just feels so weird. Mm-hmm. But you're not asking it. You're not doing that. That's just a... <laughs> <laughs> you know... It... Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, um, it's, it's fine. Uh, can I just yeah, it's share getting better. It's getting my better. personal experience? Yes, <laughs> as a woman, um, I, I no. saw this movie as a kid with my mom, like Eleanor mentioned, and it scared me so much. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it, and I felt like embarrassed because, like, I had just seen these intimate things with my mom when I had never like seen a sex toy before or like a masturbation scene and um i remember How we old do you think you i was in eighth grade and uh and then we ended the movie and i think i was just like oh yeah i okay good night and she, <laughs> she didn't say anything and so like we just put that movie away and it like i but it means so much oh <laughs> Wait, so you guys never talked about it? No. <laughs> no. Does she know you're doing this panel? And I, I, I told her that we're screening this movie, and she's still... She's I, scared of the movie. I don't know that she totally... Maybe she doesn't remember. Like, maybe it was meaningful for me, but she just... So, like, you're in the movie theater sitting next to your mom, and you're watching this, and... You're feeling this, yeah. Thing and since then, her. I've watched a bunch of explicit movies with my parents and with my boyfriend as well. Right. And, and it's just we never talk about those moments. We just watch movies that are awkward and then move on. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're talking about it. That's um, that's I'm glad we're talking. So about that it. masturbation scene did it did it mess you up? No, no, I, it was empowering. Oh, good. Yeah. No, because you said, I wasn't sure, you said you were scared, and then I was like, I just, like, I didn't even realize what I was in for. I thought it was going to be, like, a family comedy, and then, (laughs) That's the classic, like, you know. That trailer is so No, no, because they always do that. They always do that. They don't want it to be what it is, and then, although they want it, because they've, paid for you to they're like we want to make your movie then you're making your movie and they're like we want you to make your movie but we don't want you to make your movie and then so that you're dealing with this total dissonance and then then they market the movie like it isn't the movie it is it the whole thing is crazy 
And then people go to the movie expecting it to be something and then they're disappointed or they go, oh my God, I can't believe my mother brought me here. <laughs> like you. It's like the, you got snuck in. That's kind of good. I mean, in a way, I guess it was great that it was sort of, you know, maybe marketed as a bit more of a, first of all, I do feel like the, weren't all the posters like suddenly like, she's got breasts. I feel like, yeah, they weren't were they very like, like, she's like Vivian's just a regular girl, except she just got breasts. And they were like, remember they were on all the trash cans in Venice? And oh my God, that was crazy. Yeah, and it was just like, that was crazy because yeah. you were living in Venice. And on each trash can, there was just like my face as like an Andy Warhol cartoon. And then it said, you know. Vivian just got breasts, and like <laughs> that, that was, was the weird. campaign. So I do feel like, in a sense, that wasn't that misleading. Um, and then also, I would say it's kind of a decent thing, though, to be like, oh, so it is a sort of a family movie. You know, it's about there's definitely a ton of heart in this movie, and families are really creepy and weird by by and large. And in a way, it's probably a, you know a, a good a cathartic picture to watch with your You know, when we, we went to the Cannes Film Festival with this because it was invited to the director's fortnight. Um, it was the opening film at the director's fortnight at Cannes, and when I got off the plane to greet the can person who was going to then take me to wherever I had to go. She looked at me and she said, we do not feel the same way about sex in this country. Are you serious? Or something like that. Or women, something like weird and like, or no, no, or like women have a different relationship to their body in this country. And I was like, like more open? Or I don't know. I just felt like, okay, I just got <laughs> off the plane. Or less so. It was just weird and like, you know, like you've got issues with your body and we don't have oh. them here. And I was like, okay. That's helpful. It was so crazy. It was like the first words out of her mouth. It was really hostile and Welcome. weird. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I just, where's my hotel room? <laughs> but, um, so that was funny. Um, there's some really funny singing and dancing scenes in this. Oh, yeah. Um, Grumholtz. Oh, my God. He's so good. <laughs> but also the vibrator scene, like, even, like, the little scene. <laughs> That's something that happens, like, also with, with executives, because, like, if you go to a test screening, uh -huh. then something gets the most laughs, which that did. They kept saying, can't we make it longer? Can you just keep that? It's like if like the make whole half movie, the movie was just yeah. a vibrator dance. Like, can we? So cut the pee, but extend the vibrator like as long as you can. Keep, I think it could keep going. Like it's so crazy. Anyway, sorry. It was really really that. good. It was just like Marissa's um, is really good. But also Natasha, like she starts out so awkward, and then it just She's like, like swinging it just it. opens up slowly, and it like really good moves. <laughs> Um, but even like the little scene um, in the laundromat where she's just like, it's the morning after she masturbated and she's just like feeling good and she starts like dancing around. dancing and like, I thought that was really great. Oh, good. <laughs> An orgasm is a really nice thing. <laughs> I don't, don't, you don't remember the intensity of doing the orgasm scene? Well, first of all, we were in a tiny space. I remember the tiny bathroom that I can picture. Tom's like over her. Uh-huh, punk rock muscles. And we're just working on just the tiniest, you know, I don't know how many takes. I think we have like many, many orgasms. Why aren't those on the TV orgasms. But I just remember it being, I think you were nervous about it. Yeah. And I just remember a kind of, I felt I remember being really protective and... 
it being kind of, it was a very raucous kind of set, but everybody being really, really focused and, you know, she was like an 18 year old, like having an orgasm on screen. It was, a, it was, a, I just remember it being a very um, significant day. What? Maybe I was drunk or something. That's no! <laughs> you don't remember probably because I think you Maybe were like, I think like I, post-traumatic stress yeah, disorder. I, think I just blocked it Because it, it was out. something that you were, I don't know. You were, you just, I don't know why you blocked it out. I don't or remember. Maybe, maybe I was self-conscious. Are those your feet, by the way? Are they my feet? Are uh, the curl? Yeah. No, they're your feet. Oh, wow. Oh, do you think they were a body? Oh, it might have been like a are pickup they? shot. I could never, t- are they, Tom? It's like are fake they? breasts, Who's- fake feet. Because I always feel like, are those my Oh, and feet? her toes curl? Like, uh. Yeah. I know, it is a great Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember. They don't look like my feet. I mean, they look a little like my I feel like they always they look like your feet. Only I think the director. director. It's at the sort end. of like, a, it's the... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the Alfred Hitchcock. Mm. Only my feet can you have an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> your feet in every movie <laughs> yeah I, mean, exactly. I do remember that you were really there was like so much direction like i think back to well, why this so movie specific. held up in i a mean way. those things yeah when and but i mean I, th- I guess i think like why this movie is like such a, a special place in my heart and feels like it was so you know like it was actually like i don't know that i was really I know did one of the acting why. like that since i know then, one yeah. of the reasons you felt that way because remember one of the things was the accent the thing because she mm-hmm. has this you can she has a little bit now this kind of like she comes in and she's like Robert De Niro or something she's like talking like this and she's like yeah I could be Vivian I was like why are you talking like a gangster from a Martin Scorsese movie we spent all this time like uh trying to de-gangster her voice I remember talking about it I was like you have this armor in your voice that's protecting you and I it probably has served you very well but you have to, to find the vulnerability, and it really worked. Yeah, we, it was, we did. We sort of walked around my tiny apartment in Santa Monica. I was so self-conscious about it. I remember it was also because remember I was friends with Mike Rapport. And yeah, then she talked when like Kevin Mike Corgan Rappaport. came into the picture. Then I took on a whole like now I'm going to do impersonations of that guy over there. And is that Kevin? This yes. would be a good time to introduce Kevin. Oh, did Corrigan. he just get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. But I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to try to speak like these guys who are so much cooler than me. And it just, like, I got all these, it wasn't even on purpose. I just felt, I mean, I'm sure I'm from New York and I grew up on well, all those Scorsese movies also. It was protective. Like, I watched, too. like, Scarface. I remember. When You're I was, not doing it so much. Anymore. I watched Scarface, like, uh, like, 20 times before I was 12 years old, you know? But we would have to, we'd always have to say, like, you would drift into it and then we'd have to do it, like, yeah. pull it back and go, oh, yeah, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And then we take it away. So now that you guys Is, mentioned you guys it, coming can up we yet? invite Kevin Corrigan and Tom Richmond to join us up. for a couple questions? <laughs> Thank you guys. I so love much how you guys are like here. dressed the same <laughs> in a way. Well, <laughs> So this is kind of a reunion here, it's a little totally bit. Totally a reunion. I haven't seen him in like fifteen years, and um, and I have I have seen you, but not for a really long time. Yeah. 
This so I, I when when I came here, you know, to do this, I was like, oh my god, is the panel going to be like post-traumatic stress syndrome? Because it was such a traumatic experience making so the movie. I think it's because you, you guys, guys were all grown-ups. I don't remember, you don't remember it like because that. Because you were running around and yeah. having fun and getting I remember, a car like, I was like loving Tom. I was like, I love Kevin. I was like, oh, Tamara's my. I'm going to be Tamara when I grow up. I was like having a very different experience. So speak to the trauma. <laughs> Okay. Do you remember that though? Yeah. Do you remember being really tense and stressful? Yeah, a little bit. There was some tension, yeah. Yeah. Because Just... we had worked together on a on a much lower budget, kind of like a short. I time. stuck it in my bag. I don't know why. I was like, I'm putting that in my purse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah we made a little that we made a film. Uh, Family remains. Yeah, uh, and Kevin was in it, and that's when I fell in love with Kevin. But I probably had fallen in love with you in some other context seeing you do stuff. I even fell in love with you in Goodfellas for two seconds, like making pasta. <laughs> By the stirring way. Stirring the sauce. Yeah. Stirring the sauce. <laughs> stirring the sauce in a wheelchair. But um, but anyway, we had done that together and then uh, he's, I, I just think he's so great. He, just, he blushes like crazy. He's doing it right now. <laughs> But I mean, he's so available that, like, I, you know, like in the scene where they're, I didn't watch the movie, but I just remember from being there a hundred years ago, the, you know, her, him feeling you up and being in the um, laundry room and, um, I don't know, just your vulnerability was really great. Both of you. It was really nice. It was so long ago. You guys are babies. The, Natasha and I had this chemistry before. We even met because you were staying at Mike's place, and that's where I had spent six months of my life, just like a less than a year earlier. So then we were talking on the phone before we even met, and and I uh, I think like there was a a clanking or some weird thing in the bathroom that I could hear over the phone. I was like, oh, is that that? Didn't Mike get that fixed? So she was like. How do you know about it? So it Mike was. Mike Rappaport? Yeah. Actor. Like Mighty Aphrodite and Beautiful Girls. He's, he's a big, tall guy with red hair and a really New York accent. Super New York. New York. He did the Tribe yeah. documentary. Kind of talks like ago. this, you know? And that was sort of like I showed up to set and I was like, uh, hey, yo, Tam, you know, we're going to fucking make this picture. Let me tell you about Vivian. <laughs> She's going to have this great rack. And it was like, oh. <laughs> nightmare that's what she had to no but we did well the you, you she's you sounded more like kathy moriarty <laughs> that's 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 what we're talking about yeah you're right not very not like gangster but just more like you know it's sort of dry this yeah. monotone this urban kind of monotone right. but i i think you're right about the there was an armor in in, in her voice yeah that's um, what, i mean i remember you pacing around my little apartment and we kept talking about it I, we were talking about how you know some people protect their bodies or walk in a certain sort of way because they feel like it protects them, and then you have to kind of work on relaxing. Then the same thing with your voice, so you could be available for your with your emotions, and it really worked. Like if you, I was like, bring it up an octave, and you were like, this is weird up here. <laughs> okay, I, like I don't know. I'm gonna cry, yeah. <laughs> um, which is true. I mean, that is a real thing. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. 
It was definitely true. I remember it felt so vulnerable to do that. Right. It was so scary when you were asking me. I was like, I know I'm so defensive. Like, I'm not fucking doing that. So, like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. This is just how I talk. No, you were, that's not true. She was really de- dedicated to trying to get rid of it. We called it peeling the onion. We kept talking about it. I was like, well, just one layer. Just get rid of that. And she's such a great comedian. Like a great physical comedian. And um, you were just a natural. She was I like, mean, you know, what, what the character goes through is, is hard also. Right. So the experience that she went through as a, as a real person and the, the parallel between the two experiences is just pretty heavy. Right. And also going from... from uh, from from the um, from the short film to the to the feature, you know, I I remember feeling like it was a, a real a tremendous step up, you know, from uh, the, the 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 structure of the project and just the whole vibe, and how there was just so much more at stake, not not only in the story you were trying to tell, but in the way that the thing was getting made, and it was just it seemed so. Uh, uh, like the, the the scene in the convertible, I didn't watch it either. But like it, it was like it was night. We were naked. It was. That's the one I was just thinking about. Do you yeah, remember yeah. how crazy that was? And we were in those weird suits or something. And it was like we were so like scared for some reason. Why were we so scared? The camera was so far away. We were naked. It was L.A. It was night. It was cold, <laughs> and it went on forever. But the but I remember having to prove to you that you were we were not going to see your body, but we were just going to see the slice of you, like your. And I remember me and the producer Stan taking off our. I have a photograph of it. You took the picture. You took a picture of it where I took off my clothes with Stan, the gay producer, and the weird girl director, and we got on the ground and we got naked. And laid there, and I said, "See, you can't see anything, you, right? Like you can't see my breasts, right? You can't see my. You just see the flank." And I remember just having to. She was like, "Wait a minute, you know." I mean, looking back, really, I should have been doing that a lot more. <laughs> like if I could have known now, and I know then, I would have spent the whole movie with no clothes. You know, having not seen the movie for so long, is it? weird to think back on or have there been you know reasons why you haven't wanted to revisit you know the this movie you made I don't know 15 years ago is it weird to go back and watch stuff it's that really you did hard to watch ago? things that you make period I think I mean because you spend so much time with it and then you have to put it away and um I don't know I don't know if do people watch their movies that they've made a lot I don't know I, I find it really hard. I mean, you just see your mistakes and like, then you also can relive like the trauma of the day. It, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I probably, you know, it depends what kind of, yeah, I, I can't, I, cause she said, oh, should we get there early and we'll watch the movie? And I was like, I'm not watching the movie. Uh-huh. And I mean, and I just have to say, like, again, I mean, I totally have such the opposite experience of it that I think also then, you know, because obviously I had, you know, all my shenanigans and with the drugs and et cetera. And I feel like, like the three of you were such specific, you know, sort of like touchstones of like people that were really like 
get it together, don't die or whatever, you know? And like, this is like a really, it was such a huge movie for me and just in terms of like, specifically like the three of you and those relationships. Like, I mean, I've been in touch with you guys for the past, whatever it is now, like 15 years. And I think it was like, for me, a very like, um, I guess perhaps I just hadn't worked enough. I hadn't lived enough. And she was like, a kid. my family was like such a bad scene that it really felt like I had this whole surrogate family. I was like in love with Alan Arkin. Like if he could just be my dad. And like, you know, when I see Marissa, I still get intimidated. Like she's, you know, I like got the age gap is smaller now that we're older, but I still get that intimidated feeling around her of like, she's like so much older, like smarter than me. She's like prettier. I like, like I like look up to her in this way. And I just, I mean, I, I, I just was like such an. I just this play. This movie has such a special place for me in a way that, I'm like mo, most movies, I don't even watch because they're you know weird me out. I just see them as like. So anyway, that's it. Well, it's it's auto. It's an autobiographical film, and and it also touches on your autobiography too. Yeah. You know, it's just so personal. And then the other well, stuff like the Carl Reiner, Rita Moreno, the Jessica Walter, like all that other stuff. I feel like it was really pretty wild. Being here listening to this and being here with Tamara and listening to all this stuff and with a reference to girls and everything, Tamara Jenkins is a rock star. And um, she started something. She's got stuff going. And all that stuff that I remember it now. And I remember, like, it was, the stress was high. I wasn't, I was, like, established sort of. But people, like, she was talking about the studio and all that. <clears throat> I felt, I felt people in every direction, and Tamara and I were trying to be like, we can hold the fort or something, but we had completely different forts we were trying to hold. But anyway, um, the Jessica Walter, the thing that, for me, that I was a smoker, and I still smoke, but when she has this scene where she has like the longest fingernails ever <laughs> in history, and she's supposed to smoke, and she, Jessica Walter, she, in that movie, she says, oh, no problem. I can still have my cigarettes or whatever. Right. But when I saw her really without any, like, how am I supposed to do this with these? She's like, <laughs> and I'm like, that is a professional. Uh, ama yeah. That's an actress. That's my idea of an actress. <laughs> oh, well, those guys were amazing. Rita Moreno yeah. and Carl Reiner and Alan Arkin. So they do the scene, and then the real scene would start in between takes, which is them just talking about the old days and uh, it was they were really uh, pretty intense. I kind of wish we could have just taped it or something. This interview with these guys, this kind of casual talking about uh, you know stuff that. But I remember Carl Reiner showing up on the set and just saying, "How is Alan behaving?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, uh, what?" We didn't get into it, but it was an interesting question. Um, I have a question, actually, for Tamara and for Natasha. Um, Natasha, actually, I saw you in Love Loss and What I Wore, and I was just curious, you know, what are your creative projects that you're working on at the moment, both of you? Um, well, um, GBF that just came out, or in here in Tribeca, so it's not really in theaters or anything yet. Um, and, um, and then I just uh, finished this show for Netflix, uh, it'll be out in July, called Orange is the New Black. It's a women's prison show, and it's uh, from <laughs> the woman who created Weeds. So it's, it's really good, so that's exciting. And things are going, things are going nicely, finally. So it's a lucky thing. Can I ask Kevin what you're up to? Just because you have another Well, Kevin and I are maybe gonna make a movie together. Is it's that true? Up, yeah. With yeah. who? 
I'm jealous. Well, you, you, you say. I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> Wait. No, what? It's 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 a. I think it's called anti-birth. And it's it's a, a um, it's about a a woman who's who's really strung out, right? Uh -huh. Like on drugs and just really fun. And junk food. And junk food, right? Uh -huh. And and then uh, <clears throat> and then what happens? She she's impregnated by aliens, <laughs> right? I'm not making this up. Um, and uh, it's gonna be terrific, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be terrific when it's, all is said and done. Wait, did you drag Kevin into this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Who's the director? No, I, uh, Danny Perez. Yeah. Yeah. But then what's that? We did something else, right? Whatever happened to that uh, cartoon movie we did? Oh right. Um, we we did an animated film. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. It was a um, about a, a oh, it was about a guy who who um, who who discovers a, a lost screenplay by by the guy who wrote a Confederacy of Dunces. Oh yeah. Which, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty esoteric. Case. Yeah. He, I wonder why animated. Uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of a twisted story, but that was like, wow, that's really cool. You should make that. And then the guy tried to to to, to make it as a, a live action feature, and he couldn't get it made, and so he made it into an animated feature. And and he he recorded all all the dialogue first. I don't even know if he they got as far as doing the artwork. You know, like. <laughs> so it's gonna come out as a record. <laughs> As a, as a as a podcast, yeah, a record. What are you doing, Tamara? I'm um I just I'm writing a screenplay, and I'm very happy about it. And not that I'm happy about my screenplay or writing or anything <laughs> at all. I am happy ever. about. I have a really great office that makes me so happy, and I get to go to. I've never had an office outside of my house. I love being there, and I'm and I'm writing, and uh, uh, it has a title, but I won't tell you what it is. And uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, I'm in the in in it. I don't know what it is, but I'm in it. Even my agent called and he said, "What is it?" And I said, "What do you mean, like a haiku or a poem?" <laughs> and then he said, "Is it TV?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't." It's not done. I don't think so. And he was like, everybody wants you to make TV now because they think cinema is too hard to make. Um, he was kind of teasing. We were all looking at Gavin. I don't know. So he's the, he's the executive like, what are you in charge. Like, you're Lou Wasserman. We're all like, all right, great job. <laughs> anyway, lot, any other questions? Oh, so will you tell us about your movie? Okay. Yes, I'm still like I. I only saw the very, very last shot of this movie, and it's. I think it's so cool that all you guys came to see a projected film of something that for there's nothing anybody said here that isn't. I don't that I disagree with, and it was. I mean, it was like a stressful movie. The things that people haven't talked about is how like when you were, when we were making it, like. I was in it and I was under as much pressure, not as different pressure than you. You were under the same pressure as me plus. 
But my pressure was, it's actors, good actors, and it's got to be funny. And if they're tired, and if they if there isn't enough time for them to get the third take because they bumbled something, that's that's was the kind of anyway. Regardless of that, which I felt continuously, I would laughed more during that film, like when some of those scenes happen. And now you can read it ten times, and then you see these really good actors, like the stuff at the dinner table with Alan Arkin and and I forgot her name again. Um, the, Marissa? Oh, you mean no. oh, uh, just so that was oh, the big scene? Yes, that scene was hell. That's like the dinner table scene. It's like the hell of filmmaking is dinner table. Even scenes. though it's so prosaic, you're like, why should this be hard? But it is. Yeah. And oh wait, you're talking is, about the Jessica Walter, not the Rita Moreno in the end. That no, dinner no, scene. No, no, that one yeah. for some reason seemed to be okay. The airport. Yeah, that the we kind airport. of rocked in the yeah. airport. I'm not sure what the difference was, maybe because the other one was first. Maybe and I don't know, but but that's there's like it was put the camera turn you know roll the sound is everybody ready to be funny you know and somehow it's hilarious it was hilarious when we were shooting it so and that that's kind of the that happened over and over and over um, at the moment anyway so I couldn't I can't get this movie out of my head but I did right now I have a movie screening at the Tribeca Festival called A Birder's Guide to Everything that's a birder as in bird watcher. And we've had three sold-out screenings so far, and we have one it's more. It's terrific. And it's a really cool movie. So I'm doing that, that. And then I shot another feature that um, was at South by Southwest called Burma. And um, it did real good there. And it's they're both very small-budget films. And How's that? Well, um, Burma was 250000 and um, uh, Birders is $1.2 million. And um, that was 21 days, and uh, wow, it was like rock and roll. But it was like it was cool. It's it's really it's pretty. It's I saw it, and it's a real movie. You know, it's not like it's oh that was really good for one of those movies. It's like <laughs> it's like watching a movie. So I'm excited about that, and I'm trying to get used to um, to you know, for me the huge difference is going from film to digital, because I did. It's scary how many years, but like 20 years, 15, 20 years of film. And it's like, oh yeah, digital, no problem, I can do that. And so I mean, this film is a good example of how I feel like I'm getting a handle on it. Okay. So is there uh, one last question? Um, I love the aesthetic of the whole film, the location, and the, right down to the costumes, the little details of the apartment. Um, uh, that they lived in. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the scouting of locations and, and kind of the labor of love that went into making this film look like it was it could have actually been a real place? Yeah. Well, the thing that I ended up getting really excited about was those kind of apartments which I lived in. They're called dingbats. Do you know that? It's the weirdest. They're an architectural term for those buildings that have like a button on them or a star and they'd be called, you know, whatever, the palm. But they have these very aspiring names, but they're really kind of dumps. But they're also, uh, there's something kind of cool about them. And in fact, this very um, esoteric intellectual architecture journal called me because they were doing a whole issue on dingbats and the and about saving dingbats and the architectural significance of dingbats but some of them are really interesting in a kind of 
modernist wafer way, uh, you know, where the cars park right underneath them. Anyway, I was really interested in those and and didn't know I didn't it lived in them. I didn't know they were called dingbats. And um, I don't know that just that kind of carpeting and those sort of it was something that I was really familiar with that thing. I remember you had that huge book of all the sort of 70s stuff that you gave us with like filled with like all the, the like the music to listen to and well, because what you to were be so young. reading and I know what the 70s were and uh, <laughs> and but like also with, with, I feel like there were all these pictures in there of everything was very specific. In right. If you if you were like house hunting and you went to like 20 of these places you would go, do you have anything else besides these kind of places? But what Tamara had in her head was three different places that the differences are like, so they were like, yeah. And it was really important that we find these places that had these weird little differences. I just remember right. like, and they go like, this is it, this is like the palace. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay, yeah. It's like, well, from this angle, maybe we can, find, I don't know. Oh, the fancy building. Yeah, was, I was like, this is like, this is like so fancy. I mean, compared, like, in yeah, my mind, world. yeah. But that was our world that's of the, the movie. That's the scale. The scale was a different kind of scale. So it had to be up a notch of economic aspiration, like, ooh, that's so much. Wow, we're rich. But you're not. But I loved getting into the re into her reality of, um, I like, I, I love photography. like, I, And filmmaking started out for me as like a way to, just to help uh, make make a little money at an obsession in a way. It was really hard to learn to be a film cameraman, but I love to take pictures. And when Tamara came along with this palette, this that was the lo one of the lost, the lost um, not geographies. What's it? Just like it's like these things are everywhere in LA. I'm from New York, and you go to LA, and there's this stuff that you everybody looks past. And Tamara said, the, that, and we're not drilling through this neighborhood, this is the neighborhood, you know? And it was like, I'm like, ooh, like flat surfaces and like, you know, yeah. like it was, it was rectangles. And it was like everybody, you know, I have to learn how to light people. I have to learn, learn how to light dark people and people with like tall, shiny faces and da 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 da. And I'm like, that's really hard. Give me cars and, and things and, and, you know, houses and buildings and palm trees. And it was like, it was kind of heaven. It was still super hard. But at the same time, I always have this these like great memories of going, look at this, and we'd be like, look at this street, you know? And it's like the most mundane thing you've ever seen. But but celebrating the mundane, I guess, is like part of, was part of my job on this film. Like getting into those kids' heads, or I was my interpreter, you let me, I mean, I was, you would have told me to stop if I was doing it wrong, but I felt like I am imagining, I you know, my simple fascination with very simple visual things and that's what I felt really good being your right. eyes in that respect. And I so this, when it got to things like the the fancy apartment, mm -hmm. it was like I'm gonna get this somehow. It's gonna be the fancy apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's all the time we have for. Okay. But thank you guys so much for being thank here. You. It was so wonderful to hear thank from you all. Thank you to Tom Richmond, Tamara Jenkins, Natasha Leone, and Kevin Corrigan. And to Christina for putting this on. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for coming. Thank you guys all for coming. Thank, Thank you. you.